Welcome to Heads Up Hockey. It is all things hockey talk and all things centric around the game. And it's also New Jersey Devils talk as well. And please enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Heads Up Hockey Podcast. This is your host, Jersey Joe. And this is sponsored by Vigit Technologies. Don't forget to sign up on the Vigit app for the promo code is HUH2021. And that also supports the show. So for those of you who don't know, tonight is the night of game one of the Stanley Cup finals between the Canadian du Montreal and the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are the reigning champions of last year. Um, yeah, there's a lot to go into today, but I'm going to try and keep it simple for those of you who haven't kept track. Um, so far, Tampa Bay looks like they're trying to win with ease, but Montreal, you know, team that's been led by Carey Price has been pretty much unstoppable for the most part, and they took down the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who could have easily gone into the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, into the Stanley Cup Finals again in their second time, their, you know, their existence. But anyways, Les Habitants de Montréal uh, could obviously um, get their first Stanley Cup since 1993, if everything goes correct. Now, this could also be Tampa Bay's, I think, Third or fourth Stanley Cup. I can't recall all of them. But I do remember that the Tampa Bay Lightning won it last year. So it's got to be about minimal two right now, if I remember. Not good with math, but hello. I just try to remember things on the fly. But you understand that, you know, you're going to have two excellent goaltenders in this wonderful series where... You're going to have Andre Vasilevsky, who I've been a big fan of since his draft day. Um, just I thought that when too many teams pass him up in that draft class, I was like, this kid's going to be an NHL caliber goaltender, maybe one of the best in his lifetime or in his generation. And guess what? He's really living up to that billing. And I tell you what, you know, if it weren't for Vasilevsky over the years, I don't know where the Tampa Bay Lightning would be, minus guys like Yanni Gord, Andre Palat, uh, guys like Stomkos. I mean, you have a really good offense, and the defense is led by Ryan McDonough, who used to play for the New York Rangers. So you got a lot going for Tampa Bay. But the thing is, when the Canadians get puck possession, they tend to find the smallest of ways to exploit a hole. And we've seen that run and gun system that the Canadians play and they do it effectively. And I have no doubt seeing them doing that game in, game out, um, every shift on every line, whether they have Jeff Petrie on the back end help supporting the offense on the defensive side of the puck, or you got Shea Weber who can just rifle it on net and you can have a guy like Nick Suzuki uh, be the guy who can really, Nick or Ryan Suzuki, I'm remembering one of the brothers. Anyway, 
Um, I'll clear that up because I have the NHL app to clean that up. So, yeah, it is Nick Suzuki. And Cole Caulfield's been amazing. And actually looking at the NHL app, uh, Cole Caulfield has three goals versus uh, Braden Points four in the last five. Nick Suzuki has four assists versus Kucherov's five. Nick Suzuki has five points versus points six in the last five. And Jeff Petrie has a plus three versus Anthony Sorelli's plus six. I mean, you know, numbers are pretty similar for um, both teams' skaters. I tend to like the Canadians a little bit more, doing the fact that they have a guy in Carey Price who, when he's dialed in, he is dialed in. It's hard to stop him. He's aggressive with a stick, and he just reads the the play ahead of time. And he and Andre Vasilevsky have very eerily similar records, except Vasilevsky has three more shutouts than him with four shutouts. Um, Carey Price has a .934 as opposed to Vasilevsky's .936. And Price has a... 12 and 5 record. Meanwhile, Vasilevsky is a 12 and 6. Um, per NHL app, they have, if you're looking at team stats, the power play, you're giving the edge to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, 37.7% versus Montreal's 20.9. Um, if you're looking for something even more important, or if not even a little bit slightly better. I like the odds of the Montreal Canadiens penalty kill at 93.5, which is the best in the playoffs. And the Lightning have it at 83%. Um, Face-offs, the Canadiens get 49.2% versus the Lightning's 47.7%. And then you have the goals for per uh, games played is... Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, 3.22 to Montreal's 2.53. And then um, goes allowed per game. You're looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning have a .08 edge uh, when it comes to the goals allowed per game played. Um, when it comes to that stat line. Um but this is going to be a very tight series. Um, I'm not going to tell you who I'm picking because uh, I don't want to jinx anything. But I think this is going to be a fantastic uh, Stanley Cup final. Um, here in the States, it's on NBCSN on today, June 28th. Game 2 will take place same time at 8 p.m. on Wednesday, June the 30th. Game 3, um, 8 p.m. Friday, July 2nd. That's a day after Canada Day, folks. Um, then Game 4 would be a day after 4th of July, on the 5th of July at 8 p.m. that Monday. And if there is a Game 5, it would be 8 p.m. July 7th. Um, that would be at the Lightning then Game 6 would be in Montreal. Game 7 would be in Tampa Bay on July 11th. So 
there would be two games in between those dates. So it would be July 9th for Game 6. If there is a Game 6, Game 4 would be at Montreal. Um, you have Game 3 at Montreal. Games 1 and 2 in Tampa Bay. So this is going to be a pretty interesting match. I would like to think that, you know, there's a lot going on between both teams. And, you know, a lot of fans in Montreal are dying to be the first to brag in a long time that they would be the first Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup since 93. And after ousting the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, I mean... It just makes it even like a harder pill to swallow for Maple Leafs fans. And maybe it would be better for the rest of Canada, but not all of Ontario. Um, However, like down here in the States, I actually like the Canadian um, more because their history ties in a lot with the Jersey Devils. And, you know, we got guys in the past like Jacques Lemaire, Larry Robinson, um, who've all played for the Canadians and they also coached the Devils. Um, and Jacques Lemaire was also part of Lou Lamorello's staff, you know, day in, day out, working with Marty Berdur. Um, yeah, there's a lot of um, Montreal ties with New Jersey. So my bias tends to be towards them. And a lot of the games that I watch, um, the away team is from Montreal. I I just love the way they play. They cycle the puck well. They shoot the puck very well. And guys like Cole Caulfield play for USA Hockey. And I can't help but watch the guy they call Cole Caulfield. And he's been sharp. And he played well on Jack Hughes' line uh, for the U.S. national team. And Cole Caulfield did so well for his age group at the college stage that he was ready and deemed ready to play um, for the Montreal Canadiens. And I think Montreal is paying off big with big dividends on him. But guys like Braden Point and Sorelli, they're not the biggest of forwards. You got these kids they are like under six foot tall, five foot 11, five, seven, it's a speed, skill, smarts, and finesse game. And you got guys that can power stride through the ice. And they can just make the job look so much easier. And actually, this relates to the draft. And I'm going to actually look up some of these players. For those of you keeping score at home, um, I know I obsess about the draft a lot. I'm a draft guy. So this is very important. Um yeah, so back in the birth year of 1996, Braden Point, when he turned about, what, 18 years old? Yeah, here we go. He was a center at 5'10", 183 pounds. He basically was a third-round pick, 79th overall. I mean... People, this is why I'm very less interested in trading, you know, second or third round picks nowadays because there's a history of hitting on players like that 
with such high value and skill. But it just goes to show you how important scouting goes and how team development and business management works. And it's an important recipe to have is to draft and develop these players. Um, Yanni Gord of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was a signed free agent. He wasn't drafted as per elite prospects. And he's already won a Stanley Cup. And he's only five foot nine, and he's 172 pounds. He's slightly, you know, taller than me, but he weighs a little bit more than I because he adds a little bit more muscle mass. Anyway, not to make fun of myself, but he is actually a very effective player. And he's one of the reasons why that the Tampa Bay Lightning are where they at now versus, let's say, 10 years ago. And so this is why, you know, when it comes to teams having extra picks in later, mid, early rounds, makes sense to hold on to them unless there is a big benefit in a trade. And over time, you know, when Tampa Bay and Montreal get into a cap crunch, they can move a few of those players around. They can get some really big pieces in return, you know, younger pieces. But they got some really good veterans on each team, and, you know, they could fix a few holes and retool and come back the next year and still have the window of playoffs open. And I can see that happening. I mean, you know, we'll find out who wins the Stanley Cup, and, you know, we'll find out sooner than later. And it'll be an exciting time, you know, to see the overall conclusion. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm over at OvertimeHeroicsHockey.net. Um, I do a lot of the draft coverage. I do Devil's stuff, too. So it's not just, you know, um, what do we have here is going to be the name of this segment. But... I keep an eye on, you know, all the other things that the Devils have going for them. I keep eyes on players that I like in the draft class. And, you know, I even talk to, you know, guys like Steve Cornianos of the Draft Analyst Podcast. And we talk about um, players behind the scenes that we think that could end up in New Jersey. Um, But I happen to have a lot of picks that... He likes, and I happen to like his picks, and we see a lot similar in um, the way of drafting. I still think that the Devils are going to draft more wingers and uh, goalies and defensemen in this draft class than they would a center because centers next year will be a better bet because in the next next couple of drafts you have. <clears throat> Matvey Michkov, you have Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, all these kids who are so young and so good. They're just going to light it up. They're going to really take advantage of it. Shane Wright is one of the reasons why Canada is going to be really good in the next couple World Juniors and the Ivan Hlinka tournament. And um, when it gets to be that time, you know, right after 
Um, the 21 draft class is over. I'm going to summarize, you know, who I think makes sense going forward. But you just never know. Um, I do think that the Devils will end up making a splash or two. And there's been a rumor that the Devils are tied, not tied, but linked to Matthew Kachuk because he is related to Tom Fitzgerald and Fitzgerald is related to him. And Tom Fitzgerald also has his son, Brendan, um, who is actually in this year's draft, who could likely be near the end of the draft, that they could probably draft him. And then they have Scott Lachance, um, a longtime double scout, um, actually has his son, Shane Lachance, um, in this NHL draft, who's ranked by NHL Central Scouting to go 110th overall amongst North Americans. Um, I am for drafting the best available player, yes. It doesn't have to be a family member, but um, making a trade for one that is proven, like Matthew Kachuk, absolutely. I like the physicality. I like the way he plays, his attitude, you know, brings that piss and vinegar that I really like in a player who can also finish and scoring goals and, you know, being a tough body to play against. And Calgary is dealing with a lot of money woes and the Devils have a lot of money to use. And according to um, Speak of the Devils podcast, Scott O'Neill did say that Tommy Fitzgerald has the green light to go and go invest in these really good young players. Now, I want to ask you, the, the listener, do you think that the Devils are going to make some nice improvements this offseason, or do you not think that way? But I do think that the Devils are going to make some improvements. They already have a bunch of really good young core pieces, but they've been drafting pretty well as of the past few drafts. They've been stocking up the cupboards. I think it's time to reinvest and move a few pieces before the expansion draft. And then you can get whoever you want to protect and expose who you want to expose. And after that, you can trade with Seattle or whoever needs to rebalance below the cap would be an excellent idea. And so I was talking to someone last night over Twitter. Um, what do I think about Joshua Harris and David Blitzer? Well, um, I actually was on LinkedIn. I'm a LinkedIn member, and I use their um, I use their platform to promote the podcast and whatnot. Um, so I followed Josh Harris. Um, he was the co-founder of Apollo Global Management and the founder of the Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment uh, business. So he's the managing partner of the New Jersey Devils 76ers and general partner of, the, of Crystal Palace uh, Football Club in England. And he wrote, Dear Colleagues, after nearly 31 years at Apollo, 
it is time for me to start the next chapter in my professional career. I have decided to step down from my day-to-day role at Apollo while remaining a member of the board and board's executive committee, effective on the closing of the Athene transaction. I will return to my roots as an investor and entrepreneur, focusing full-time on the platforms I've created outside of the firm, as well as deepen my commitment to philanthropy and social impact. Um, the first paragraph, let me break this down for you folks. So it's been over 31 years. He's been working at Apollo. Um, he's just moving on to what he has created in the Harris Blitzer sports and entertainment, meaning, you know, he's going to focus on being full-time Devils 76ers and uh, general partner of Crystal Palace Soccer Football Club. So means he's going to be more committed to uh, those general managers in those three sports. And that means Tom Fitzgerald is going to get more, you know, uh, intel from Josh. And, you know, they're going to talk money. They're going to talk business moves. They're going to talk um, management stuff. It's going to be the good stuff that we all know and love. Back to this. So he writes, now is the right moment for this transition. I believe that our unrivaled and deeply talented global team is in the most capable hands under Mark's leadership. I am grateful to Mark for his partnership and leadership. And he goes on to say, I have decades, the past three decades, nearly my entire professional career to help lead and build this incredible company. Reflecting on these years, I'm both proud and deeply grateful to have played a role in Apollo becoming one of the greatest financial institutions of our time. And then this is the meaty part. This is the meaty part. As many of you know, outside the firm, I have started and built several platforms that I am passionate about, including the HBSE or Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment, a sports entertainment company that includes the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils, a multi-asset class investing business and a robust philanthropic foundation. I have become increasingly involved in these areas and knew that one day they would become my primary pursuit. Now is that time. I'm excited by what's ahead and look forward to accelerating and expanding the growth of these platforms with a focus on innovation, equitable development, and impact. All right, so innovation and the New Jersey Devils. Well, they've already expanded the content team from two to over 10 plus people already from what I heard on uh, the last episode of um, speak, speak of the Devils podcast. And what it also tells me is that, you know, this is the primary target that Josh is focusing on to build a brand and grow the brand. You know, the Devils are going to be more aggressive 
I mean, that's why I'm starting to get out of this. He's passionate about getting the team back where they should be and not where they should be at now. So that means improving the team, making moves, um, not just on paper, you know, trading, free agency, waivers, um, stuff like that. Um, bringing in new contracts that actually make sense. Um, upgrading the coaching staff, you know, moving on from Elaine Nasruddin eventually. Um, helping improve the farm system in the AHL and hiring more, you know, hockey ops people um, is something that I see going forward. Um, and he mentions that I leave the management of Apollo with great confidence for its future. Mark is a gifted leader and stands supported by Jim Scott and a deep bench of talent to lead the company into its next phase of success. It has been a great privilege of my career to hire, mentor, and work with so many of you. I truly believe that we have some of the brightest minds in the industry. And he, and he writes, as I move on, I will continue to be one of the company's largest shareholders, supporters, and advocates. I begin this next chapter with nothing but respect, gratitude, and admiration for this team. And I wish you all much success and happiness. Fondly, Josh. So, there you have it, folks. Um, what I really like to see out of this going forward is the collaboration and the cooperation between... Joshua Harris and David Blitzer being on the same page um, now that Josh's primary focus is going to be the New Jersey Devils as well as the two other business ventures. And for those of you who haven't listened to the Speak of the Devils podcast, there's a lot of interesting nuggets that Scott O'Neill mentioned, the CEO of the New Jersey Devils. Um, very interesting listen. Um, I admire that um, episode. I think every Devils fan and hockey fan should take a listen to it because they did talk about, you know, expanding other business ventures in the state of New Jersey and growing it around New Jersey and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, because, you know, there are areas that need a lot of touching up in the area where most other places wouldn't. And these are the guys that do the nitty gritty and, the nitty gritty to me means, you know, when you want to improve a hockey team, you know, you want to build up the foundation. You already have guys like Hughes, Heischer, Sharon Govich, uh, Brat, Boakfist, already there. Um, you just need to add pieces like a Jake DeBrusque, maybe a Dougie Hamilton, maybe you add a Matthew Kachuk, uh, to the New Jersey Devils lineup. And the team gets better and better. And then over time, players who are already in the existing core improve their game and improve their fitness. And, you know, they become much better professional hockey players. And it's like acquiring a new player, but just got better. But um, the way I see it is, you know, we're about one or two years away and maybe – one or two really good 
transactions away from being a competitive team that still doesn't quit but feels a competitive team on the ice and they actually care about each other. Um, I hate to be a pessimist about P.K. Subban. When P.K. was out the last many games the Devils were playing, I saw the Devils play far much better defensive structure without him. And 33% of the time they talked about the penalty kill just was getting hammered. And I saw that. And it just, I think when you move on from a guy like PK who's getting older and slower, it's time to do a forward march. And nothing against PK. I loved you, guy, when you still were very mobile. You always played physical and you always shot the puck very well. But I just think, you know, you're. Your glory days are almost, if not quite, behind you. I admired your career and everything. As Toby Keith once said, I ain't as good as I once was. And that's just, you know, that's something that I think of from that little country song that I find makes sense. And I think... Seattle would be happy to have a guy like P.K. Subban. They can, A, take on his full contract, or they can pay $4.5 million via trade, and the New Jersey Devils will retain half of it for, the, for that year. So, I mean, <clears throat> we just spoke about um, drafting players like Yanni Gord, no, Yanni Gord wasn't, but Braden Point was. Yanni Gord was an undrafted free agent, but the reason you always have scouts is to find the best players available, and you always have to do your due diligence. And July 23rd and July 24th are going to be the NHL draft on day one and day two. Um, let me double check. I always got to double check that I got the right dates. So the draft lottery already happened. Devils are fourth overall, picking 29th overall with the Islanders pick. Um, July 9th is the last possible day of the Stanley Cup final. Um, July 17th is the expansion draft protection list uh, due at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that means 2 p.m. in California time or British Columbia and Canada. Um, July 21st is the NHL expansion draft. So that's a four-day window of knowing who's likely going somewhere. The first round of the NHL draft is July 23rd and 24th will be NHL draft two through seven. I'll be off those days and I'll be doing a podcast with our boys at Raising Hell in Jersey um, with Jake Wakely, Alex Chauncey, Jim Berger. You know, I actually have a Google Sheets um, for the doubles uh, one rounds one through seven. So um, 
depending on where the Devils are at, I'm going to make those updated overall selections so it makes sense. Um, as of now, free agency opens up at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, July 28th. Uh, September 22nd, uh, training camp opens. October 12th, the 21-22 regular season start. So this is going to be a pretty uh, compact schedule. And I like this because for most standard years, it's pretty quiet after the draft and free agent frenzy. But due to the fact that Seattle is coming into the league officially... This is great for hockey, and this is great for um, the all um, entire NHL with a flat cap and you know new money coming in, more revenue. Um, so by the time October twelfth comes in, all these you know streaming platforms from Disney uh, is the parent company of ESPN, and so ESPN Plus streaming and more Disney. Uh, Business on ESPN will have more hockey-related stuff. They will have more people to talk on there. And it's going to be great to grow the sport again. And also, Turner Sports. I mentioned earlier, you know, about myself growing up, you know, watching baseball on Turner Sports. Thanks to uh, Terry McGurk of the Atlanta Braves, who did the TBS Superstation. Um I really like TBS and I really like Turner and I think Turner sports broadcasting is only going to help grow the game of hockey even more over the next, what, seven years. It's going to be like really good business for both the NHL and the, the big media companies there. So um, thank you everyone for listening. Please, you know, listen um, on anchor.fm, Spotify, uh, Breaker, Google Podcasts. Um, you can find me at OvertimeHeroicsHockey.net. My name is Joseph Stanislaw. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J-E-R-S-E-Y-D-E-V-I-L-O-G and at Joe of Jersey on Instagram. And you will see more of my content coming out uh, not only in podcasts, but also on Overtime Heroics Hockey. So I wish you a wonderful uh, week, and I hope to see you soon. And happy Canada Day uh, coming right up on uh, July 1st, and happy 4th of July, Independence Day to everyone in the U.S. And um, to those in Europe, I'll be paying a visit to the Netherlands and Belgium. All right. Have a wonderful day.